Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I am your host, Michelle Donnelly. If you've been listening to the show for a little while, you may know that a few months back, we started asking for submissions. We started asking for your questions to feature here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. And today we're starting a monthly segment called Pop Questions. Now, the reason it's called Pop Questions is just because Plus One Parents, the acronym is P-O-P, pop. (laughs) So at the end of every month, though, our episode is going to feature a listener question. And joining me to talk through this question today is my sweet sister, Kelly Chantal. I'm so excited for y'all to get to meet her. She is a dynamic and fierce woman of God and just also, though, the most tender-hearted single mama. And I'm just so thrilled to get to to have this conversation with her and for y'all to meet her. Over the last several months, I've received several emails from women asking, where is the loneliness type quiz? And it is back. As single moms, loneliness is something we all have to deal with. But the reasons why we each deal with it are different and don't have that much to do with being in a relationship. To learn more about your experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and some of the ways out, start with our What's Your Loneliness Type quiz. And you'll find a link to that down in the show notes or by heading over to plusoneparents.org. Okay, so now that all that business is out of the way, let's get on to our pop question. Kelly, I'm so glad to have you with me. I'm so glad to be here. I This is so thrilling. You, if you're listening, this is actually the first time that Kelly and I have seen each other face to face. This is That's like right. the power of the internet. You know, we've, we've yes. had many a chat, <laughs> some recorded, some right. in person um, or live, I guess I should say. But this is the first time I'm getting to like simultaneously see your face. It's so lovely. So, so good. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Kelly, I have a quick question for you before we get started on the, the question today. Do you remember that song years ago that went, Kelly, 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 Kelly? That's you know right. <laughs> Did that ever get brought up like when you were growing up? Did anybody ever uh, sing that to you? A little teeny bit, but not as often as you might think. Oh no. my goodness. I had a friend in high school. Her name was Kelly. And yep. she was like relentlessly teased with this song. Mm-hmm. And I also was relentlessly teased with Michelle by my bell from the Beatles. That's right. Which is, t- which is so terrible because it's a lovely song, but it's always my thought to songwriters like, please be careful when you put somebody's name into a song somebody's because name in there. that is right <laughs> you don't oh, know what's going to happen you might be participating in their bullying That's anyway right. <laughs> Ellie, I want to know before we got started though would you tell listeners just a little bit about yourself a little about your single mom journey and uh, your life yeah absolutely well uh yeah I am a single mom living in a small resort town of Whitefish Montana and living a life that I honestly didn't ever dream 
in good ways and not so good ways, but God mm-hmm. is faithful um, in every detail and every part of our life. And so um, just getting to walk out His sovereignty and faithfulness um, is just a blessing. You know, I always say, you know, my life doesn't look the way that I thought it would. You know, in some ways it's better and harder, but it's good. And being in the middle of God's faithfulness, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Mm. So, um, yeah, single motherhood. I've got a brand new 10-year-old, just turned 10 last month, and a five-year-old daughter. And, um, yeah, just living living this life again, like I said, that we didn't see coming, but just experiencing God's faithfulness. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something just struck with me better, but harder. And I think, oh, I feel every, it's only three words, but I just feel the weight and the depth of that. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm finally at a point recently within the last handful of months, actually, where I think that I can confidently say that. Um, I've been going through this, you know, single mom season for about four years. What's it been for you? This September will be four years from signing divorce mm-hmm. papers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're right about that same spot. Uh, yeah. How long do you think it took you to feel like that? Gosh, I would say about two, two and a half years into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard. I mean, I fought for my marriage and then you go through that. Like we weren't enough or did I mm-hmm. fight hard enough? Did I fight too hard? You're kind of unraveling a lot of that, but I feel like it's in the unraveling, then you can get to those new places that you wouldn't have been able to get to Mm -hmm. wrapped up in all of those, those thoughts, right or wrong. Um, so I would say about two and a half years into it, I saw just the strength and, um, the warrior spirit spirit that Mm -hmm. the Lord gives us each and every one of us. Yeah. And believing, um, that my life is, it's different, it's harder, but good. Yeah. So Kelly, we have a question that we're going to talk about today from Brittany, and we'll play it right here so that everybody can get a chance to listen. Hi, my name is Brittany. And my question is, when you've been walking in singleness as a single mom for, you know, five plus years, a lot of doubt comes in um, over your worth and your value. And it's not that you don't believe that you have worth or value, but you sort of question how other people see you, given the situation of you having baggage and whatnot. Should you just move to a different city if it's been five plus years? How do you navigate that when you've been where you've been for a long time and no one has asked you out? Okay, so Brittany is basically asking two parts is what I'm hearing in her question. And firstly, so proud of her for putting this question out there because number one, I think this is always on our minds, but we're kind of maybe nervous about really asking this question. Like, is there something with me? Like, that's what she is asking, I think, is the first part here is like, is there something I don't see? Is there something that I'm not aware of in the way that other people look at me? And that takes a lot of courage to ask that question, especially to just put it out here, like in the virtual world. So Brittany, good job. (laughs) Um, Second question, second part of the question is then how to navigate this, you know, like, okay, so do I have a weird perception? Is there something that's strange out there? But then on the flip side of this to say, what do I do about it? Or what do I do about this situation? So I want to dive into that first part as far as addressing how people see you. What is this perception that's out there? You mentioned that you're in a small resort town in Montana. What is that like? Because I would imagine 
that could be a little awkward. That's right. Yeah, it, it was awkward. You know, we owned a frozen yogurt and coffee shop downtown for seven years. So we were in the community and it is a small town. It is absolutely a small town. I remember before I even had kids, parents would say, my kids can never get away with anything. Like everybody sees everything and they'll Mm -hmm. text and say, Hey, I saw so-and-so. I mean, even just last week, I had three different moms text me from a birthday party and a movie theater and they saw my kids. So they were just like, Hey, I saw your kids. So you don't really get away with anything. Kids don't, but adults don't either. So So it's a, it's a small town. You're definitely out there Mm -hmm. and um, it could be a really beautiful, beautiful and supportive environment. Um, But it is hard. It is hard um, because everywhere you go, you see people and Mm -hmm. there are no like off days or wanting to hide. I mean, you're just, you're there. Um, But I have come to love it. I I have, even in our circumstance, I feel like um, people have really loved us well Mm -hmm. and supported us. That's good. I'm not really in a small town, but I did go to a really small church. And I think the internet makes things really small. So even though I had moved across country and was in this new place where I kind of was relatively unknown, you're still carrying all those people with you in your pocket from where you came from or where you live now. So even if you live in a bigger place, you still have something smaller, a neighborhood, a community, something where some of that business does just kind of come out there. Have you had any experiences dealing with perception when it comes to you and being single and dating, whether that's from other people or perhaps from men, anything that you can point to? Yeah. um, Even with the small town, it's hard to hide things. And I'm, I'm not a good, you know, faker. I mean, there's times (laughs) where you're like, I'm just gonna put a smile on my face and everything's good, depending on who it is, is that's asking you. But when there's a major life changing event, it's really hard to hide Mm. unless you're willing and okay to like go into the shadows. And I, I just knew that was dangerous and I didn't want to Mm. participate in that. So I was honest when I, when I realized where this was headed, I was honest. I have a blog. I did share about uh, what was going on with my family on my blog in a very tasteful way, not naming names and just asking people to pray for my family and I, but it was obvious. I've been blogging since, I don't know what year it was, years, but I've just enjoyed sharing my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had a lifestyle blog. I love bringing people along Um, the good things, the hard things. I mean, I've lost both of my parents and my younger sister in the last 10 years. And I've really brought people along a grief journey. And this was another one. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it was only natural for me to just continue to share my life because there is community in that as well. Like as you mm-hmm. mentioned online, mm-hmm. the whole other world. And God has brought amazing people like yourself, just being able to do this today together, you know, and that happens through vulnerability and honesty. And so um, I also put myself out there like Mm -hmm. that online and in a small town. And that takes a ton of courage Mm -hmm. to be open like that. I think what she's getting at too is just by being a single mom though, is there something just inherently that is 
unworthy or unattractive, however you'd want to put that. And I think this comes from the responses that we do or don't receive from men or what we see them doing in terms of perhaps dating other women and how we think perhaps that we stack up with those women and she's not a single mom, but I am. So maybe that's a problem, you know, those types of things. From my experience, I don't know what your experience looks like or what you observe just in the the single people around you. From what I have seen from my experience, the first part was as I healed, I was doing like singleness to the best. Like I was like, I'm hiking, I'm going to concerts. I'm like, I'm just, you know, I was really Living embracing, it up, doing it. Yes, yeah, I'm like embracing all the singleness, you know? So in that though, I was attracting a lot I don't want to say a lot. <laughs> I was attracting men, mostly just that I would meet online. But I was attracting men who liked that healing side of me that was freer, that was embracing this part of life. But then they couldn't relate necessarily to the kid part, you know? So they would ask, they wouldn't even really know what questions to ask. You know, I had one man who asked me, like, oh, so what do you feed them? <laughs> and I'm like, I have like, I have a 13 year old and 11 year old, you know? It's like, <laughs> and it, it was like, it was sweet because you knew he was trying, but it was like, there was just a huge disconnect there, like not being able yeah. to, to get there, you know, but right. then on the flip side, the single dads that I know, and they're all over the map, you know, so th- there's just, there's all kinds of patterns. It's not to say that all guys are this way or whatever, but a lot of single dads I know are not really pursuing dating. It's not to say that they're closed off to it, but they're not really pursuing it, at least if they're, you know, very emotionally healthy and those types of things, because they are looking at their kids and they're looking at their work and the things that they are invested in and committed to. They may even be looking at like the trauma that they've all endured for however this situation arose and thinking, you know what, this is where I'm going to invest myself. So I don't know, have you seen anything that is similar or different just in the people around you? So I've seen that sort of thing play out. Um, and then with single dads, you know, I feel like I've seen them get immersed in sports and doing the Mm. the sporting thing with kids and Mm. showing up in that way, which is awesome. I think there was like a meme that was going around a while ago and I did appreciate it. It was like what a mom does. And that's like, you know, her holding her phone, you know, bad mom, or like you're being busy. And then the dad's at the park on the phone and he's like, you know, getting all the the points for like, yeah. Oh, he's at that. the park. <laughs> he's the dad, right? But a mom on the phone working her, you know, side hustle yeah. or main income, you know, yeah. but doing the thing, just the juggling. It's 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 so interesting, just the dynamics between yeah, a female and male. For me, I've been intentional about healing, but also my responsibility as a mom. You know, my mm-hmm. kids didn't choose this. I didn't choose it, but it is what it is. And so for me, I've, I've wanted to, for, for my kids and I, we sit at the table. I think I shared this with you at one point, but we're not lacking. And I feel like that is the, the message I'm really pursuing with my kids is we are enough. You know, it's the three of us right now, you know, and the Lord, but we're not lacking anything until that person comes in. Yeah. And so I know that is contradictory to what the world 
says, you know, and I know again, it's like not good for man to be alone and Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and husband and wife mm-hmm. and all of that. But also just in our season, just knowing God has us right where we're at and um, wanting to live our full and joyful life and be who my kids need. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a man coming in that's going to complete us. Like the Lord completes us. And even that message for my daughter, that's not the message that I heard. And I feel like I've, I always wanted a relationship. My parents got divorced. They feel like I had a hole in my heart from mm-hmm. a very young age that I wanted to have a family and a f- that, that family would, would be it. And so just even these last couple of weeks, I've even thought about it. You know, we are complete. I have all that I need. God is my provider. He's my protector. He's my defender. He's all the things. Because even when that person, if and when that person comes in, you know, that's so much to put on that person, yeah. you know, that you're my provider, you're my defender. You're, it's like, no, Christ is. So if we can get this right, it is setting us up for if and when God does bring someone into mm. our, our home. Ugh, that's so good, Kelly. And I think, I think it sounds just from what I know about your story and the way you've approached these things, it sounds to me that you surrendered into singleness so much more readily than like, I know that I did, you know, I could like, again, this is four years and the Lord like really, really allowed me to get disappointed so that I would just throw my hands up and surrender. This was not like, okay, God, like (laughs) do what you want. You know, this was like, I am going down being wrestled to the ground, but coming to the same realization, you know, like this was in his kindness that he allowed me to experience all these disappointments and rejections and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, even in the time that I was basically mostly just dating people online, I really haven't been approached in public, you know, so as far as her question, you know, what if somebody hasn't really approached you? I have not, the only people who have approached me like in my real life that I think of, that I can think of, um, were like just strangers that had obvious red flags, like as they're talking to you, (laughs) you know? Right. And I would say the same, like there yeah. hasn't been like this godly, <laughs> awesome yes. guy show up. It yeah. hasn't, yeah. it has not been that way. And yeah. so, you know, and I've, I've talked with some people, you know, and entertained something longer than I should have mm. just in conversation, Yeah, but I am so, and I'm not living in fear, but I just don't want to relive and rehash yeah. another bad, sad story and situation. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I go back to life is harder, but good. Like I'll take the hard and have God totally in it. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be back in another situation that I thought was something better. Mm-hmm. And I've walked through it. I've walked through the grief. I've walked through loss, disappointment, discarded. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it again. Yeah. And so I'd rather honestly, and I haven't read a lot of like dating and all the, I guess dating goodbye books and things like that. I really <laughs> haven't. I think I've just, when this happened, you know, and I know you said you've handled it different than I have. And, and I know you're not comparing and I'm, I'm always like, no, no, we can't compare because pain is pain. People start off a conversation yeah. and say, yeah. well, I haven't, I haven't lost as much as you have you know, because the reality, like I mentioned earlier in my family photos, 
growing up, I'm the only one living in that, in that family photo, you know? So I know loss and pain and disappointment and now just being discarded. Um, but all those things, you know, we can't, we can't compare Mm -hmm. our stories. You know, I feel like I've kind of been through a, a thing already of just trusting the Lord. You know what I mean? He's come through, he's taken care of me. So this isn't my first rodeo with that. (laughs) And, um, so maybe that's that, you know, God's Mm -hmm. grace on that, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, that makes sense. That's the, the beautiful place to be in is just, I just want what you have for me, God. Mm. That's it. I, it scares me for me to pick something that's not right and get back into a mess again. I'd rather be alone in that sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. me and my kids and you than have the wrong person sitting at my kitchen table. I yeah. don't want it. Yeah. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. Kelly, you're so right. You know, we all are being brought we have a wrestling or we have a we have just something that we've had to work through to get to the point of trusting and surrender. And for me it was through this and it sounds like for you perhaps it was prior to right. this. Absolutely. But that all of these things at least for me I've been so self-sufficient so much of my life. And so I have a little bit of this naivety that's like, oh, but Lord, I could do it. Like, it'll be fine. Like, just because I, I've learned the lessons, like just because I messed it up before doesn't mean it's going to happen again, you know, but in him teaching me to, to pull back from this in him showing me through the disappointment. And that's what you're pointing at through loss, through hurt, through disappointment, however it comes, he is continuing to point us back to himself where we won't ever be disappointed. We won't ever be lost, you know, and and those sorts of things. We won't have to experience those as long as we're filling our cup completely with him. And that is what his heart is for us in surrender. It's not to take things away from us. It's not to withhold from us. It's not to deny us so that we have to just like learn the lesson the hard way. It is ultimately what's good for us, you know, and being able to put down what I think is good for me and allow him to define that for me. Sometimes that, I mean, it just comes in all variety of different ways, but that truly is where I think that we have the ability to say, well, okay, I thought life was going to look like this, or I thought this was going to make me happy, or I thought this was going to be, you know, it. And it looks like it's not. (laughs) So if that is truly the case, then what do you have? You know, right. and it's and it's okay if we kind of go through this kicking and screaming a little bit. You know, I think that sometimes it seems like, oh, well, you have to just, you know, especially depending on how you were raised and what denomination, but it's like, you just obey, you just do it, you know? Right. Um, and the Lord is so patient with us to actually allow us to find find his path that we would realize that he was guiding us the whole time. Right. And be ready to embrace him and his path, but it's not easy. Yeah. And 
it's not clean either. And I think nobody mm-hmm. preaches that from the pulpit. Like, mm-hmm. It's not going right. to be just a behavior modification sermon, you know? Right. Um, but that in this though, that was where I discovered true life, like true goodness, like what it really means when Jesus says to lay down your life, that you will find it like that, that you can stop looking towards the things that even if you just think like, for example, a relationship, even if you just think like, but it's a good thing, you know, like you're saying like, but it's not good for men to be alone, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, he knows what's good and he's, he doesn't want right. to give you anything other than what is good, inherently right. good. Not, oh, I want to give you everything good. That ends, not everything that ends is a bad thing. And mm-hmm. I think being able to look at, you know, an ending of a friendship you know, there, like I said, there were other parts of my life that died, you know, during mm-hmm. the divorce season, yeah. even a longstanding friendship that, you know, I kept pursuing and I just, the responses I was getting back in text, just in my spirit, I knew there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but you're refusing to meet with me. I want to, I want we have all, we have this friendship, like what's going on. And that was at a time where I was creating boundaries. You know, Mm -hmm. I needed to protect my heart, my mind, and just, just me. And, um, I had to just say, when you're ready and willing to meet, I, I'd love to meet with you. And God revealed, I mean, a year Mm -hmm. later, um, just some of the, the things that they were part of, you know, um, yeah. including being in my ex's wedding, right. Mm-hmm. The best man in the wedding and, um, working with them and all of it. It just like, I, I looked back and it's like, God, God sees and he hears what we don't see and what we don't hear. Yeah. And not every ending, like I said, is, is a bad thing. And I think that's just the new lens that I have of just mm-hmm. trusting God. He's not just sovereign and, and, one area he's sovereign in everything. Mm. So I just trust, you know, everything that ends or walks out or comes in, he's sovereign in all of that. And I think that's also just helped me, you know, not overthink and question and go down that rabbit hole. So Mm. that's why I do feel like it is important to have people in your life that you can say, is this me? (laughs) You know, we we have to, right? I mean, if everything's crumbling around you, like maybe, but Mm. maybe not. God may be absolutely, you know, taking you deeper where these people can't go, Mm -hmm. you know, setting you up for a new season. When God removed people from my life, he filled it with some incredible relationships that I wouldn't, I may not have had room for, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or ready for had I not severed, you know, he, he yeah. severed some of these relationships. So I think even that just not everything is a, a rejection, you know, it is protection. Yeah. And yeah. so that is another huge thing that I learned through this too, is that rejection can absolutely be God's protection yeah. and holding tight to that at the same time, having those people in your life that can speak into your life and, you know, so you're not beating this drum and like, there's nothing wrong with me, you know, but, um, I think as you're doing the work and being in community, um, yeah, I mean, rejection can still be taking place in that sense, but it's, it's God's protection. Yeah. To pull it back to Brittany's question, as far as do I move, you know, sometimes a change of scenery can be great, but 
ultimately, if it's being led by the Lord, though, like if that prompting is being led by the Lord to go seek after something that he would have for you, you'll never be disappointed. It might be hard. (laughs) You might be like, this was a huge shakeup. But if he's leading you towards something for his purpose and for your life and for your children, and that's, you know, what your people around you can tell you, you know, help you discern a little bit more. But if it is for the purpose of trying to you know, seek out some other opportunities and things like that. He wants to give us so much more than that. Like, that's that's just it. He wants to give us so much more. Like if he wants to give you a relationship, he's going to give you a relationship, but, and like he, he wants you to have the whole enchilada and then the relationship is just like the salsa goes on top, you know, like he, he does not want to give you something as fleeting and temporary as one human life to hitch your wagon to, but give you the fullness of joy and peace and everything that only he can offer that we get to start experiencing in this life, but that carries us on into the next one. So that's so good. And even on that note, you know, I'm, I'm all about if God is prompting you to a new location and a new season, new adventure. I mean, I believe he absolutely has adventures for us, the side of heaven, but one thing that, I recently read was that we don't have to chase what God has for us. Mm. And so I think just for Brittany to hear that, yes. you know, yes, and you hit on it, you know, if it's because of that, you know, I, I got to move because I got to find this person, like what God has for us, he's going to give to us and we don't that's have right. to chase it down. I feel like that's such an important thing for us as single moms, you know, or, or we'll just be in that cycle. And that's exactly yeah. where the enemy wants us to be is to yeah. constantly be chasing the affirmation, chasing the value, chasing the worthiness, chasing the provider, the the male, all the things. And it just, what God has for you, he's going to give to you. That's right. And we don't have to chase. Mm. We don't have to chase those things. That's a wise word, Kelly. You won't miss it. That's the thing I always tell myself. You won't miss it. Whatever is for you is for you. So good. So good. (laughs) Kelly, I'm so glad that we had this chat today. Thanks for being with me, girl. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Now, if you would like to submit a question for an upcoming pop question segment, head over to plusoneparents.org. If you scroll down a little on the homepage, you'll see a feature on our website where you can actually leave us a voice recording of your question. Or if you prefer to be a little more anonymous, you can click on the contact page and send your question by email. I'd love to invite you to get more involved with the Plus One Parents community. If you head over to plusoneparents.org, you can sign up to become part of our free private community experience, the Plus One Parents Collective. On the website, you can also check out our blog and other resources on topics relating to dating and parenting, abuse recovery, and spiritual well-being. Or you can also get on our mailing list to receive Plus One Parent exclusive updates. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.